0: Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, dream chasing students, performance art instructors, prestigious school activities, classroom rivalry, tragic backstories, and tons of anime references. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 435, Kageki Shoujo. Hello and welcome to another episode of the spark and View. I'm your host, Zan. Zan, konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well out there in internet land. Hope things have been going good for you. Things have been going pretty okay for me, a little bit busy with life and everything going on and prepping for certain events that are happening really soon, have to make sure things are just right, but I don't want to get into that. However, I digress. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spyrokin, or some podcast and reviews about connectly Enhanced Narratives, is a podcast dedicated to tell you about fun, geeky topics, since it's the manga review, obviously we're talking about manga, I tell you how the art style is, the overarching plot, the character design the quality of the manga itself and more importantly if it's worth investing your time in or not you don't have to do anything that i and my co-host say but we try to be educational enlightening exciting and most importantly entertaining you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyarking.com we're also on facebook twitter instagram spotify youtube stitcher and various other social media sites just type in S P I R A K N in a search engine i guarantee you'll find us one way or the other we're also on instagram and if you ever see us remember to like and tag us If you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spyrokin.com, or tweet me at Spyrokin. And finally, if you like what you hear, remember to support our Patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. And now that all that chilling's out of the way, let's actually get to it, because this is a very prestigious episode, because this is our 435th episode, and if you remember from that last episode, I'm saying episode a lot, but whatever. So if you remember from last time, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga and it dictated them to be there viewing a manga that was written by Kumiko Saiki and published by Shuisho or Hakusensha, depending on what version you get. It's been released over here by Seven Seas Entertainment. The original run, actually, it's kind of weird. The first part of it came out 2012 to 2014, and the secondary part came out 2015 to present, with 11 volumes for the new series, and the original series was one omnibus edition, which you can get at most bookstores. Now, this is a shoujo-senin school-life performance art manga, I'd say. And the title is, simply put, Kageki Shoujo, or Kageki Shoujo The Curtain Rises if you're getting the season zero. So what is this amazing manga about? Well, it tells the story of the Koku Acting troupe, a company of unmarried actresses established in the Taisho era. And the story follows the young women of the 100th class of aspiring actresses at the Coca School of Musical and Theatrical Arts, where they'll be trained to be the next generation of Coca performers. Now, I know that sounds like a very heavy plot, and don't worry, this isn't a series where there's tons of characters you have to follow. Primarily, there's eight main characters, but the main people you follow are two. Now, we are starting off with our quote-unquote main character, even though she's not really, but that is I Narata. She is a former J-idol, someone who was part of a AB48, or as they call it, the GTX48 group. And she was amazing, wonderful, actually not true. She was the surly one, and she recently left for reasons which to learn about in the manga itself. However, I digress. So she is someone who is androphobic and wants to join the COCA performers, not because she wants to be in the theater aspect. Her idea is that, It is a group of all women. The school is filled with only women and a couple of male instructors, but for the most part women. All the audience members of the Coca Theater are women, supposedly. I think this is in her mind. But so she figures she'll be free from dealing with guys until she's in her 30s by doing this, by joining this group. So she's not really invested. She just wants to get away from it all and just deal with her issues, which understandably, the reasons why she is like she is, it's kind of tragic, but it, you know. But anyway, I digress. So she joins and she thinks she's gonna have the school life that's gonna be relaxing. No one's gonna bother her. Unfortunately, she runs into a bit of a psychopath. Well, not really, a very hyperactive, bubbly, amazing, and unreserved girl who is also 168 centimeters tall. So she's five foot eleven or five foot ten. And that is Sarase Watanabe, a girl who has no idea why she's there. Really, she's like, oh, I don't know about any of these things. The reason why I want to join Koku is because I want to play Lady Oscar. Yes, the main focus of this show is the fact that she wants to play Oscar from Rose of Versailles, which they do in the theater once a year. So that's kind of a cool reason. And she's tall and bubbly and super nice and doesn't see cues at all. And she feel like, why is this girl here? Is she going to be amazing and great? It's like she can't sing. She can't do ballet. But... She's a mimic. She is able to see someone act and she can do their repetition. Well, the reason for that is she has a backstory involving her studying kabuki and no dancing. And it's really fascinating. But she's a very polite and fun character who really wants to be friends with everybody and try her best. Not realizing that the school is full of very competitive, angry people. And I'm talking about people who would throw you under the bus just to get ahead. And it's these two... Who we follow as they become roommates and deal with them having conflicting personalities while trying to get through this school. There's a couple of other characters, including Sawa Sagamoto, who is the class rep, who is really obsessed with being in the Winter Troupe because she's obsessed with it. She was going to be a prima donna, but, well, not prima donna, a prima ballerina, and she dropped that to become a Koka member. You have Ayako Yamada, who is this really shy girl who's the daughter of bakers who wanted to join because she went to one show, and that's her birthday present is the sea show every year, and she's fallen in love with the performers, and she has a beautiful voice. Unfortunately, she's very shy, timid, and some of the pressures of being in the class get to her in a way which is very sad. And, you know, she deals with it, but it's really dep- it's something she has to deal with. Next, you have uh, the twins, Chika and Chiaka Sawada, who they're they're twins and they wanted to join because years ago they saw a show with a bunny girl and they decide we're going to join too but unfortunately there's an issue with the twins where one isn't as good as the other but the one who isn't as good as the other one is more chipper and upbeat and the other one's like well you know what i want to make sure she shines and i'm not going to shine and it's it leads to a divide between them i'm not going to spoil too much with this series or this manga and then we have the second year students who treat the this class because they're the 100th the centennial class they treat them like kind of like garbage even though they're they're supposed to be their senpais they're like advisors or as uh sarasa says they're supposed to be like our big sisters in a sorority they're gonna treat us awesome and it's like no they're not they treat them pretty bad the one that is sarasa's is just like she just gets defeated like she's like i'm gonna bully you and then she's like wait no you're too stupid to bully And one point that you make me want to be a better person what the hell's going on Meanwhile, uh, Narada's uh, advisor is, I'm super nice and sweet, but in reality, she is a viper. She is trying everything to to ruin everybody's experience except hers because she's going to climb to the top over everybody else's bodies. And that's what this series is about. It's about them trying to become performers and actors and going through everything going on. Them dealing with stalkers, dealing with school life, dealing with the fact that they want to become the performers and them pushing forward with everything going on. Now, the release of this was pretty intriguing because you have actually two versions that were released at the same time. You have just regular Kageki Shoujo, and then you have Kageki Shoujo The Curtain Rises, or, as it's known in Japan, Season Zero. Unfortunately, in order to understand this, you have to read the Season Zero first. Now, season zero is a one shot omnibus, which is pretty good. It's uh, 17 chapters. Well, it's like 14.5, you know, 13.5, but 17 chapters. And it explains how I and Sarada met, how they became roommates, goes with a couple of issues, including why I is the way she is, which is really messed up. And also starts to hint a little bit about why Sarase is so positive, even though she it may be a facade uh when we get into the actual volume 1 which is uh Shigeki shoujo it just starts off they've already been roommates things are set up and we get into them demanding well they ask their acting teacher that they want to perform a play because the first years aren't supposed to act at all they're supposed to just learn the basic etiquette and elements of acting and then when they're second years then they'll begin to act and because Sarasa is such a nice and fun person and a very brave person. She says, well, listen, we love doing this, but why can't we learn how to express ourselves with acting? And because she was brave, the teacher, who is kind of who's known as the Phantom, because he was the Phantom of the Opera and then he broke his leg, but he uh, ends up bringing it to the board members. They don't want to do it, but Sarasa comes to the aid of them and they end up being able to act in their first acting performance which is they're going to be tested on Romeo and Juliet and each one plays it very differently and it's interesting to see how it develops with the characters and how different they are because you see how one character who has been trained from an early age is like yeah, you were trained to do this, but that's not how you do it. You don't focus on one person, you have to focus on the whole audience. Another person, all right, you're good, you're focusing on this, but you're imitating someone. Don't imitate, be yourself. Another one is, hey, you're playing an old woman. Act like an old woman. Don't just hump your, hunt yourself over. You have to actually portray the body language. So it's teaching you a bit about acting, performance, and in general, just the elements of being in theater. And we're seeing it through the eyes of, like I said, the completely optimistic and wonderful... Sarasa Watanabe and the very stoic former idol Ai Narata, and we're going on this journey with them. And we're hoping that Sarasa can keep her upbeat attitude while achieving her dream of becoming Oscar, which one person says, Yeah, you can't become Oscar because you're too tall. Oscar is supposed to be shorter, but you're tall. But as she keeps moving forward, she's proving herself, and they're saying, You know what? you're going to be a star because you have the stage presence and more importantly, that you're the person who is pushing out, who is trying your best to do everything. So I really like that element. It's a great uh, lesson for people. I think this is one of those ones that you definitely should read. And I was surprised I liked it as much as I did. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I did like it. And afterwards I had to watch the anime and I will admit the anime has a lot of stuff out of order and cuts off some of the more poignant points to it also stretches some things out and dulls the knife in some areas. Like one of the characters has a bit of an issue that in the manga it goes really into because it's several months of her dealing with something and then there's a c- complete kind of... A, it's not an explosion because it's a very subtle thing, but what happens, you see how it developed from point A to point B. It wasn't a just simple cause and effect. Now there's other characters who have issues where it gets... The scenes are shown for reasons, and it makes sense. Now, this isn't the character I'm talking about. is not a, is not one of the main characters, the side character where they get into it. But it, it just the character development on them gets shortened out. Also, more importantly, Sarasa's backstory completely—they just ignore it for for most of the anime. It's it's given an episode, but at the end of the series, it's not built through the whole thing. You don't understand why this is so important and why these things affect her so the manga gets into it in a, in a great way and I gotta say as usual the manga is superior to the anime but the anime does have the motion sequences and more importantly seeing the visuals of the performances seeing the action for Rose of Versailles seeing the Winter Troop and seeing I gotta say the sequence with the Romeo and Juliet scene it's beautiful and it's weird for me to say for for an acting what about acting like I wanted to read Act Age. I never got a chance to. I actually spun it at one point. I had to stop after the incident with the individual, with the you know, with the creator. That whole nonsense we talked about last year. This is similar to Act Age, where it's dealing with the acting and theater. But the character, I've got to say, it's one of the most memorable characters and enjoyable characters I've read in a while. And while there is an action, there's tons of drama. There's tons of comedy. There's a little bit of romance. Where it's funny that. Uh, sarasa this girl who doesn't know about anything is the girl who has a boyfriend and everyone's like no she can't have a boyfriend she's too weird and it's like they say let's look at let's steal her app and look at her twitter account you have two people and there's a guy named a frog and they're like oh it's probably some ugly robot or it's a a geek and then the truth is the guy is like super nice and super handsome and someone who's like poised to be super rich and he, he likes her because it's her and it's like she doesn't need to prove herself. The romance is already taken care of. It's just, she's just there. It's not the will they, won't they, will they, won't they. There is a bit of a romantic angle with I and Sarasa, but I think that's more of just a friendship. I don't think it is a, they're going to end up together. It's not um, Rosa for Sai, or it's, and it's not Revolutionary Girl Utena where they must kiss. It's they are friends. And that's what's building up. I mean, I'm 99% sure that there is Yuri Dojinchi. For th- I'm 99% sure because it's Rule 37, but the series is really well done. The art, let's get in the art. The art, it's powerful. It's clever. Uh, it is a little too perfect, and they do use fill art. That kind of drives me crazy, especially because of the fact that you have the shading. It is that just using pixels and using like fill art. That's a detriment to it, and it drives me kind of crazy because it's too perfect. I would have preferred it actually be drawn by hand, but besides that, I like the design. I, I, one of my favorite elements is uh, a stupid little gag scene where you have Sarasa defending I from some former fans of hers because, like I said, she's she's androphobic. Some guys are harassing her. And she starts screaming, saying, "Help! They're—these guys are harassing us!" And then the guys run off. And then you see her face looking like Rao, saying, "Weaklings, like they're pathetic. They can't—they're not strong." It's just a clever little moment like that. Or the sequence when you see Sarasa first performing in a just a simple monologue that she memorized as they're walking from seeing a play and everyone just stops and looks at her and it's a beautiful moment in the manga and it just it's vibrant and you're like oh my god like everyone sees what they see because everyone says they stopped and looked at her and they see her as a, a star above them all and you see that moment for a second and it looks great in in this manga format so i highly recommend this and for that reason I'm going to have to give this, again, I'm going to have to give this a really, really, really fucking cool. It's well written. It's artistic. It's got a great message to it. And it's not afraid to cover the topics that it does cover. And while it's kind of rough to see these, I hope that all the girls do have a good ending at the end of this. And I think I will stick with this to see how it goes. But we're going to have to wait and see. I think that Greta would love reading this too. But I think she's just going to watch a show. We're going to see how that goes. But... If you've read Kageki Shoujo and you liked it or didn't like it, let me know what you think. Email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spyrokin.com, or tweet me at Spyrokin. Let me know what you think. As usual, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate every single time I get an email from you or a tweet from you. Also to my Patreon followers, thank you so much. It's awesome to have you guys around. Hope you guys are good. And remember to anyone who is one of the higher up Patreon levels, because we have four levels, if you are a What's Up member, you're able to request a manga for me to review personally. So remember to do that. If you sign up for it, and if you want to support our Patreon, you can go to patreon.podbean.com forward slash or patreon.com forward slash uh, Sign up today to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. And now, with that in mind, let's actually get to the manga releases for the week. We've got some really fun ones and some really terrible ones. But what came out this week? Well, this is for September 14, 2021. And we have A Man and His Cat, Volume 4. Yes, the fourth and potential final volume of the story of the widower, and the chubby cat that he saved. This is such a sad manga, and I swear that every time I read this, there are ninjas cutting onions in the room. Not sure, but amazing. A School Frozen in Time, Volume 3. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Volume 1, the manga. Blood on the Tracks, Volume 7. Disciple of the Lich, or How I Was Cursed by the Gods and Dropped into Abyss, the light novel, Volume 1. Fly Me to the Moon, Volume 7. Uh, Hyatt the Combat Butler, Volume 38. Headhunt Into Another World, From Salaryman to Big Four, Volume 1, the manga. Kirby Mangamania, Volume 2. Megastellus Bad Trip, Volume 1, the light novel. Mao, Volume 1, yes, we're finally getting the Romiko Takahashi series. Mao has been released. Uh, Mushoko Tensei, Roxy Gets Serious, Volume 6. Orient, Volume 4. Pandora in the Crimson Shell, Ghostern Volume 14. Plus Size Delph, Volume 7. Pokemon Sun and Moon, Volume 2. Splatoon, Volume 13. The Apothecary Diaries, Volume 3, which that I'm very excited for, to read more about that. The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Volume 9. It's been four years. Finally, we're getting Volume 9. Take that. And then finally, we have The Irregulars at Magic High School, Volume 17. This is for the week. Uh, Which of these are you most excited for? For me, it's going to be Legend of Zelda, Apothecary Diaries, uh, Mao, Headhunted to Another World, Fly Me to the Moon, and a man, his cat. Which ones are you interested? In? Let me know in the show notes or email me or tweet me at Spire Kim. And so, with that in mind, like I said, as usual, I thank you all for listening. Thanks for sticking around so long. I hope you guys enjoy. And let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that one, that only, the Wii! <laughs> Best friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What we've done is we've assigned a manga title to each of 10 slots. So what we do is we spin that Wheel of Manga. Whatever number it lands on, the manga that's in that spot is the one I review in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 436. And I've got to admit, we've got some great titles on here. And if you want to influence the Wheel of Manga, join our Patreon to help us come up with more fun things. So let's spin zero in review, shall we? Number nine. Oh, number nine. What do we got in number nine? Oh, that's an oldie but goldie and one I've actually never read, surprisingly to some of you. I've seen the anime, but I've never read the manga because this is old school dad anime. It's one that people have asked me to do for a while and it's been on the wheel, but never been spun. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the journey of two brothers who both have one dream to one day go into the atmosphere and be astronauts. What am I talking about? I am talking about that one that only space brothers is it as good as everyone says or is it terrible we're gonna have to find out in the next episode so i think that's it as usual i'm your host i am gonzville i'll catch you guys next time and keep reading manga see you later